Voices. Today I'm interviewing Zachary King. He was an ordinary boy who grew up in a Baptist home. However, by the age of 10, he began to practice magic and he joined a satanic coven at the age of 13. And by 15 years old, he had broken all 10 commandments and participated in child pornography at the hands of satanic adults who were involved in this coven. He became a high wizard in a satanic coven who methodically and actively promoted and pushed Satan's agenda. And the reason why I wanted to interview him is to convince as many listeners as possible that Satan is real and we have to be prepared. We have to keep that shield of faith on. Uh, and then also to help people understand that these what appears to be these innocent little games children play like in, in they cut the lights off and and they look into the mirror and they call in the demons wait till you hear how zachary king began to dabble in magic and if you think these games like dungeon and dragons are just innocent hang in there you've got to hear this message from zachary king this is terry beatley your host of what if we've been wrong I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. So again, if you think there's no such thing as spiritual warfare, hang in there, because we're going to be shining light in dark places. So Zachary, I'd like to get right into your story of, of, of how you got involved into the dark side and serving Satan, and then ultimately how you came uh, to receive the love, forgiveness, and mercy of Jesus Christ. Uh, well, you know, when I was, by the time I was 10 years old, I had seen all the, the, the B movies, the, uh, all the movies with magic, Satanism, you know, Rosemary's Baby, uh, all of those things. And, you know, and Satan was obviously the bad guy. And it uh, wasn't a whole lot of doing battle with God. It was, uh, all these movies were kind of hokey, but they were fun. And they were, um, you know, you could, if you did magic the right way, you could levitate. And when you're a kid, levitating is flying. So that seemed really cool. And that was something I wanted to do. And, and I wanted to, I wanted magic to be real. I wanted it to work. And, you know, I asked my parents and I asked my Baptist preacher, was magic something that was real? Is that something I could do? And they all said no. Now, the weird thing is that there's 33 verses in the Bible verses, you know, that, that talk about not to do magic. Mm -hmm. Why tell you not to do something if it was impossible to do it? You know, like if thou shalt not lie, if you couldn't lie, that verse wouldn't be in the Bible. Right kill somebody thou shalt not kill wouldn't be there you know so he's telling you not to do magic obviously it's something you can do because God tells you it's a mortal sin if you do it but I guess my parents and the Baptist preacher didn't read those verses so they didn't know and uh, my first day of school 
in the fifth grade, this kid came up to me and he says, meet me in the bathroom at the first break. I'm naive, you know, I'm like, sure, let's do that. So at 10.30 in the morning, I'm in the bathroom with 49 other kids. And they tell me, uh, what we're going to do is chant a phrase about Bloody Mary into the mirror. We're going to turn out the lights. And if you do it right, the spirit of a burn victim will show up in the mirror. Right. Okay. So we do this. And there's this spirit of a burn victim, which is in reality a demon, shows up in the mirror. And 49 kids run screaming out of the bathroom. One child, we'll call him an idiot. I can see idiot because it was me decided this is the coolest thing in the world i'm gonna watch i'm gonna see what happens so you're left in the bathroom by yourself in the dark oh yeah it was to me i'm 10 years old and i said a phrase x number of times and saw this face appear i did this you know it's like when you're when you're 10 years old and you realize that you said something a certain number of times and you made something happen that's power I made that happen. Now, eventually notes were sent home because kids were getting hurt doing this because, you know, when you're 10 years old and you're not thinking this is cool, this is scared the crap out of you and you <laughs> kill somebody that gets in your way of you getting out of the bathroom. And uh, we're talking kids, broken arm, broken leg kind of hurt. You, you so, mean you're talking about when they're running out of the bathroom, they're stumbling, falling, breaking their legs. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. Or somebody else. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, you're 10 years old and scared to death. You're crapping your pants because somebody's, you know, stopping you from getting out of the bathroom. They got to have to die because you got to get out. Mm-hmm. So um, notes were sent home, you know, saying that if we were caught playing this game at school, we'd be suspended for three days. And um, so I had to take this note to my dad. You know, and my dad had been uh, a Marine and he was a big man. And uh, in his normal loving tone, he asked me very lovingly, have you been playing this game? Mm-hmm. Me being scared of my dad like I was, I thought I would tell him the truth. No. <laughs> so that I wouldn't get in trouble and get suspended, I started playing the game at home. Now, when I played it at school, it was once a day. But when I started playing it at home, it was, you know, I woke up in the morning, went to the bathroom, played the game. Played the game before breakfast, after breakfast, brushed my teeth, played the game, went to the bathroom, left for school, came back home, got home, played the game multiple times. My parents aren't home, so playing the game all day long. Every time I play it, I'm seeing this face before dinner, after dinner, before my bath, after my bath, go to sleep at night, wake up during the night, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, play the game. So I'm like playing the game 25, 30 times a day. Oh my goodness. Okay. Every time I play it, I'm seeing this face. And I'm in your th- mind at that point, it's just a game, right? I mean, this yeah. you're not yeah. thinking... Okay, wait a minute. Are you thinking you're tapping into Satan and demons? It, no. No, you're not. Okay, all right. I'm thinking it's still the spirit of a burn victim. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wishing I could communicate with it, but I don't know for certain. And I'm also thinking because... I'm starting to wonder if this is magic. Am I doing something that adults say you can't do? Could adults be wrong? Because, you know, adults aren't right about everything. 
and don't my parents don't know everything in the world and that's what you're thinking yep uh-huh Good and um you know and and i'm so i'm beginning to think that i'd like to do a real magic spell and but i don't want to hurt somebody i, I don't want to i i know that there's death spells but i don't want to do that i see that in the movies I see death spells, mm-hmm. but what I also see is yeah, I'm also playing Dungeons and Dragons at this point, and we always do spells for money in there. Okay, so, I, I, you talk about Dungeons and Dragons like everybody knows about it, and and I realized when I heard your interview before, it's like, I don't even know what that is. So what? Before you go further, what is Dungeons and Dragons? Because you said a lot of these kids play it. It's an RPG, so it, it's um, it's a role-playing game. Okay. So, like, let's say me and you were going to play a campaign, um, and I'm going to be a sorcerer, and you can be an ogre. But ogre, you want to be an ogre because an ogre is strong. Now it lumbers, so it moves slowly, but you can defeat a lot of enemies. So you roll a twenty-sided die for different things: uh, charism, um, magic, potency, charm. Um, money, mm-hmm. power, and then we go on a campaign. But there's usually a bunch of us, like five to seven of us, that play. Everybody plays a different character, and you, you've got a goal. You're going to rescue a maiden, um, find some money, uh, and you're going over a, a, a lot of land. You're doing battle against other monsters, dragons, uh, other sorcerers. Um, it's, it's, it's a very fun thing, and it takes weeks to do. Okay. So, and when you're a kid, it's like, it's, it's like a fantasy movie, except you're living it. Okay, so this is not a board game. This is literally something you act out for weeks on end. Right. Okay, all right, go ahead. All right. So I'm playing that, and I'm always the wizard or the sorcerer in that. And magic is like the funnest thing in the world. But if magic isn't real, then I'm wasting my time. You know, I, I'm okay dedicating a lot, a, lot, a lot of time to this if there's a result. You know, if I find out that magic is real, then all this was worth it. If not, well, I've wasted my time. I might as well be reading my comic books. So I decide I'm going to do a magic spell for money and see if this works. And so I do a spell for money. And it's just a simple spell that I got out of the D&D book. And um, I, the next day, I find a can of tennis balls with a $5 bill in it. And I was like, all right, well, that's kind of cool. Five bucks, tennis balls. Eh, I'm not going to be playing tennis, but I could use five bucks. You know, as I described, I'm 10 years old in 1976. So comic books are 15 to 20 cents. Candy bars are 20 cents. And penny candy is a penny. So I'm a little nerdy kid, and these are the three things that are most important to me. But that could have been a coincidence. So the next week, I do it again. And the next day, I find a $10 bill on the side of the road. And I'm like, all right. But that's still, somebody had to find that. Somebody had to find the can of tennis balls. You know, so still thinking it could be a coincidence. So the third week... I did the spell in my bathroom at home and halfway into my spell I stopped and I did the Bloody Mary chant. The face appears 
and I finish off my spell for money and I make sure this thing knows I'm doing a spell for money. And I finish that off and I exit the bathroom and the next day, same as all the other days, I do my spell on Friday, Saturday I go out to play. Saturday I go out to play and I'm in this large unpaved parking lot. Something catches my eye and I run over to it. It looks like Monopoly money rolled up tight in rubber bands. So I just stick that in my pocket and I go about playing. At the end of the day, you know, everybody's in bed asleep and I'm in my bedroom with the lights out, but the sheets up over my head, flashlight in my mouth, and I'm unraveling my Monopoly money to see what I've got. And I unravel it, and the reason it'll like Monopoly money is because I was looking at a $100 bill. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a $100 bill. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And then when I unraveled everything, I had 10 $100 bills mm-hmm. at $1,000. And I, beyond a reasonable doubt, that magic is absolutely real and that I could do this every day. And of course, I'm always cautious about you know, not glorifying the bad, you know, because we don't want anybody listening thinking, oh, gee, all they got to do is start, start, you know, become a sorcerer and dabble in magic and they have all the money they want. You know, Satan's never satisfied and that's certainly not where your story ends. That's just the way he lured you in, right? He lured you in with these simple little magic tricks, but one thing led to another. And so, uh, so what happens after this? Well, you know, as Satan likes to give you, uh, a nice looking box covered in glitter and neon, you know, and, and filled with gold. But when you open it, if you examine it really closely, you'll notice that your gold is like aluminum foil and it's wrapped around dog crap, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's never the package that you think it is. You know, I'm thinking that my life is grand and glorious. Now I can go get anything I want, but you know, I'm not realizing that I'm in a state of mortal sin at this point. I mean, if I'd have died at this point, I'd have gone to hell. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm 10 years old. I'm not thinking that Satan's going to send a 10-year-old, you know, to hell, that that doesn't really happen. Also, you know, growing up Baptist, we were taught that the devil was afraid of us, that, you know, he would never attack us because he was afraid of us. The Baptists were too mighty to be attacked. You know, to, to let your listeners know how faulty that line of thought is, What's the first battle in history? Satan versus God. It's like, really? He's afraid of the Baptists, so he doesn't attack them. He attacked God. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. come on. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. So from 10, somewhere between 10 and 13, when you joined a satanic uh, coven, is that the right word? Coven? Yes. Coven. Yes. Okay. So how 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 do you go from all right dabbling in the mirror? And I say dabbling. Obviously, <laughs> you're tapping in. It's evil and wicked and wrong, and we don't want any any child doing that. What happens in those three years, Zach? Well, at 11 years old, I became the victim of a sexual assault at school at the hands of a female teacher. And she told me that um, it was my idea, I wanted to do it, it was my fault, and if I told anybody, I would get in trouble. Mm. I'm 11 years old and very naive, and I believed her. She's a teacher, why would she lie to me? So at 12 years old, and remember that I'm still playing D&D every year, um, every weekend practically. Well, at 11 years old, when that happened to me, the only thing that gave me comfort and solace was more magic. When I was 12 years old, there was this kid 
we used to play D&D with this kid when I was 10, and he disappeared. Now, it turned out that he was homeschooled, and he just stopped going to school. We thought he moved, and that wasn't the case. He was homeschooled, and, and then he was also going to these coven meetings, and his parents were also Satanists. And he showed up at our D&D meeting one day and was like, hey, you know, there's this other group that I play with. I, I go to weekend, weekend campaigns and play with them. And they also believe that magic is real. You know, I know magic is real. So and he brings me over there. This kid was actually a recruiter for a satanic cult. But I didn't know that. And, you know, I went over to this house and it's like, you know, my house, we've got a um, like a 19-inch TV in the living room and then a 13-inch black and white TV in mine and my brother's room. But over there, they have like this 50-inch projection screen. You know, I've got like, I don't think we had um, a VCR, but over there, they had this gigantic movie thing. I, I don't know what it was, but it was like a VCR. It was like the earliest version of a VCR. Right, and with that, and just hold that thought, Zach. Uh, we got to take a hard break, but um, I want my friends, the listeners, please don't go anywhere. Uh, Zach's going to take us down this uh, life journey, and 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 there's 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 light at the end of the tunnel here. But, but you have to listen to the end to really grasp how real this stuff is. And what we as parents, as Americans, or as Christians, and for that matter, as atheists, uh, any atheists listening, um, to, to glean uh, from Zach King's story. So, so stay right there. We'll be right back. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world, to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. if you will, recruited for the satanic cult by a 12-year-old whose parents are uh, Satanists. So, so you're being lured into, what was it at a house? What, what, where are these people? Yeah, it, it, was at a, it was at a house. And, you know, it's like they've got um, gold and platinum albums, rock albums on the walls. They've got rock and roll guitars, autograph. They've got uh, pictures and posters and all kind of movies. And, you know, at my house, you know, I, I can watch uh, a G-rated movie. We watched a lot of Disney, you know, and I could watch a PG-rated movie if it was vetted by my dad. But over there, I found out there was R-rated movies, X-rated movies, triple X-rated movies. Uh-oh. Triple X-rated movies with kids in at my age. And I was just... I didn't know stuff like that existed. They told me what happened to me when I was 11 was terrible. That shouldn't happen to anybody. But I can get my power back now. I can do that same thing to anybody I want to. I, they'll put me in videos if I want. They'll make me famous. They'll make me rich. 
Now, they didn't really do either. But but they're I, telling you this. They're luring you in. Right. I mean, I am now um, being re-victimized every weekend. I'm in child pornography from the age of 12 to about 16. Oh. And I'm thinking I'm winning. I'm thinking this is the most awesome thing in the world. Oh. You know, well, what 12, 13, 14-year-old doesn't want to have sex every weekend? Oh, and I'm, oh, I'm being filmed. And I'm thinking this is awesome. I'm not realizing that this is hurting me. Oh. You know, this isn't where I want to be. You know, but this is where I am. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a terrible place to, to be. And, um, but, you know, again, like I said, I'm 12 years old. Um, at 12 years old, I started doing drugs. Um, it wasn't introduced as your life is horrible, you want to do drugs. It was like, you know, have you heard of marijuana? You know, it's like, well, my dad says it's bad. Oh, your dad doesn't know. You know, here, why don't you try it? Oh, look, now you've got the munchies. You should have, you know, all these candy bars and the chips and whatever you want. You know, whatever I wanted to do was okay. You know, I just had my parents as the no police. You know, can I go see this movie? No. Can I go to this concert? No. Can I do this? No. You know, after a while, you just look at my dad and he's like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here. Now, now let me interject. Were, did your parents sense that something was going awry with you? Or when, they sensed it, when they sensed it was when I was 11 and I was the victim of the sexual assault. Oh. You know, years later, when I asked my dad, when did you notice my life went to hell? You know, when did I become a little ass? You know, he was like, when you were 11 years old. Oh. You know, he says, I don't know what happened to you when you were 11, but bam, all of a sudden you were this little terror. So they, they never knew until you told them that you had been sexually abused. Right. Wow. Okay. And um, but, so that was like, in a sense, that was like the beginning of the end for my childhood. I mean, it was, you know, at that point, um, my life just spiraled out of control. So at 12 years old, I got introduced to pretty much... You know, my doctor asked me, what drugs were you on in the past? And I was like, you name it, I was on it. Wow. Every drug known to man at 12 years old, pretty much. Um, You know, I eventually settled on my favorites. But, you know, I was uh, a fan. When I was a kid, I was a fan of acid, mushrooms, marijuana, and a drug called MDMA, which is now called ecstasy. Gosh. Well, it seems like you wouldn't even be able to get out of bed in the morning and go to school. So were you flunking out of school and all this? No, I was, uh, I've always made like straight A's until I got to college. Um, so I I graduated from high school with like a 3.91 and, um, but I was, I was a high functioning drug addict and alcoholic. Right. I mean, I was an alcoholic by the time I was 13. I was addicted to pain pills when I was, I think, 13, till I was about 19. I was, I was a skateboarder, so I had gotten injured a lot, and my doctor made it easily, easily attainable to get bottles of like 500 pain pills at a time. Hmm. You know, this is the 70s, so right. this stuff is possible. Mm-hmm. And and I get one more question here about so when you're with the Satanists and you're doing all these bad things, are the adults always part of it or are you just kind of 
pushed off with all the teenagers or the or are the adults constantly getting you to go farther and farther into the deep the adults are constantly there okay. it's you're you're groomed yeah. you're um, you know you you're a victim every child there no matter how old they are right is a victim this is the 70s too you know so it's like it's not like we all have the internet and we can all look this up and you know realize everything that we're doing and right. and that we've been recruited and that we're all you know like that you don't know exactly the, you know the rules of a culture a coven now everybody knows mm-hmm. but but you know because we've seen it all on the news you know it's all over the internet sra is like an actual thing you know but back then it's like we were the pioneers of this stuff and we did not know you know we did not have all this knowledge that kids have today right you know we didn't have the world at our fingertips you know we were living this stuff as it was going on day to day right so there wasn't um there just wasn't the same resources or anything you wanted to look something up you had to walk to the library to do it right you know? right Okay, and so so moving along, so we got a lot to cover here. So you're now 12, 13. So what happens between 13, 14, and 15? So 13 years old, um, you know, when I was 12 years old, I was like late in 12, I was almost 13. An older kid told me I was a member of the Satanic Coven, and I thought, there's no way. You know, I've seen all the creepy movies, I've seen the stuff that happens, there's no way this is Satanic Coven. You know, and but I, I it kind of bothered me after a while, so I went to an adult that I trusted, and I said, "Hey, you're gonna laugh, but uh, I heard this was a satanic coven," and he said, "It is," and you know, my heart sunk into my stomach, you know, and I was like, "Am am, am I a member?" He was like, "No, would you like to be?" You know, and I'm thinking, if I say no, huh? what what am I gonna lose? Well, let's see. I get drunk almost every day. And you got to be at this time, I think, 18 or 19 to buy booze. I'm 12 years old. Mm. I smoke cigarettes every day and I smoke pot every day. A cigarette, you got to be 18 years old to buy. I'm still 12. I'm addicted to pornography and you got to be 18 years old to buy it. I'm still 12. And I have sex every weekend at least and I can get it every day if I want. I can do it on video, I can not do it on video, I can do whatever I want, and I can have sex with adults or children. Ugh. If I say no, I'm going to lose that ability. Mm. So what happens if I say yes? Well, then I'll have even more fun. I'll be more accepted into the group, and I'll get to practice even more magic. Well, I'm addicted to magic, so I'm like, all right, what do I got to do? There's 13 steps to joining a coven. And oddly, I had done almost everything already. All I had left to do is that I had to slice my left thumb open and bleed onto a document. And then I had to sign that document in three places in my own blood. The blood of Jesus washes away all sin, but not mine. Sign my name to it. Jesus died for everybody, but not me. Sign my name to that. And on the final page of a five-page document, I agreed to sell my soul to the devil. But devil didn't seem to be all that bad. I'm getting to do everything I want. You know, it's like, I want money. I do a magic spell, I get money. I want to have sex. I just go have sex. I want to have sex on film. I do that. 
You know, I want to get drunk, I do that. I want to get high, I do that. I want to go see a movie, a play, a musical, a rock band, whatever I want to do, I get to do. The people that always say no is God. The person that says yes is the devil. Why not have fun with this guy? Why not agree to sell my soul? Now, I want to add here that it's impossible to sell your soul. Yeah, I was glad you were going to put that in. It's like, oh, oh, I'm on the edge of my seat because I don't want anybody thinking out there that you can sell your soul. Now, go ahead and elaborate, Zach. You know, the, the example that I give is that I actually own a 2015 Honda Odyssey. It's a nice van. It's a nice ride. How many people out there that can hear this message can hear me talking, can legally sell Terry my van. None of you. Right. And why can't you do that? Because you don't own it. That's the same reason you can't sell your soul. God died for you. Jesus paid the ultimate price for your soul. You don't own it. You can't sell it. You can't loan it. You can't lease it. You certainly cannot sell it. Now you might have heard this rumor that Satan is a liar. I'm here to confirm. If Satan tells you good morning, go get a second opinion. You cannot do these things. Now what you can do, you can give your will to the devil. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's what you can do. Yeah, because so, God, God did not make us robots. I mean, he, he gave us that opportunity to say yes to him, yes to his laws, yes to his commandments, yes to life. Yes to that narrow road that keeps us safe and healthy, um, but keep on, okay? So all you have to do, if you believe you have sold your soul to the devil, all you have to do is go to confession and give your will back to God. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Now, you might need a deliverance and you might need an exorcism. Uh, I will go on to say that, and if you need those things, and you don't know where to go, contact me because that's what I do. I help people get those things. Mm -hmm. I know exorcists all over the world. I know priests all over the world. Right. Okay. I want to wrap up. So but with the minutes we have left, left in segment two, let, you know, again, I'm not into glorifying the, the, the ugly and all this. We want to glorify God, but, I, but we want to make what you did. I want listeners to understand that this took you into the pit of hell because you, you've been involved with over 140 abortions by the time you were what, Zach, 14, 15 years old? Oh, no. I When I was 14, that's when I did my first one. It, it was uh, an oh. assisted abortion. As the main magic practitioner, you need to get blood on your hands. It doesn't matter if it's the blood of the baby or the blood of the mother, but that was my first one. In my first satanic coven, that's where I say that I'd, I'd broken all Ten Commandments by the age of 15. Um, you know, that includes murder, and that was my first assisted abortion. Um, I graduated from high school when I was 18. I had, um, when I left my first satanic coven, I was looking for another satanic coven. I was going off to college. and. I when I went to college there, there was a satanic coven there it was out in the open um, but these guys were like kids away from home for the first time no adult supervision and thought Satan was all about getting drunk getting high and having sex you know it's like I've been doing that since I was 12 I didn't need a satanic coven for that but 
I knew that there was a coven out there that was going to rule the world. That's, that was their claim to fame, were out to rule the world. And I wanted to find them. I mean, I had heard about them my entire life, practically, since I was 12. And um, so I started looking for them. And I contacted my first coven, and they were like, Satan's World Church, World Church of Satan. Uh, they're also a Diablo sex cult. My first cult was called Tioto. It was the OTO. And it was also Diablo sex. Now, Diablo sex is like uh, an undercurrent kind of name. Uh, any cult can embrace the Diablo sex title. So it would be whatever the name of their cult is, plus Diablo sex would be another name. Um, cults that call themselves Diablo sex are involved in child prostitution, child pornography, and human trafficking. Uh. My first cult was a Diablo sex cult, and the second cult was also World Church of Satan, Satan's World Church, and Diablo sex. So, you know, I'm used to that. So it's like, okay, yeah, let's get involved there. And these guys are connected to the Illuminati, and guys have in, I joined them in 1985, in 1989, it was reported that they had 1.1 million members worldwide. Mm. The, the worldwide coven, pretty much every country is involved. And, you know, at when I was 13 years old, going back to that, when I was 13 years old, I, one night at a sleepover, I saw this guy. I got up at like 3 in the morning to go to the bathroom, and I saw this guy wearing like a tuxedo, a top hat had a wand and face paint. He looked like a member of KISS, but in a tuxedo. And I thought, this is the coolest look ever. And so fast forward to me being 18 years old, and I'm at a coven meeting of this new coven, and it, it, it's huge. Every single meeting is gigantic. Mm -hmm. But they're like these giant parties, and they have like a, a meeting of, you know, like we're going to go over the minutes of the last meeting. And we're going to have a discussion of the things that we've done. And then we're just going to have a big, you know, drunken frat party and everybody's going to have sex. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, oh, this is fun. How many people are you talking about? At a hundreds. Hundreds of people. Okay, so they have their business meeting and then it ends up, <clears throat> sounds like in an orgy. Uh, pretty close. Okay, all right. Well, it depends on what group you pair off into. So, you know, talking with them. And then one night I see this guy. Not the same guy I saw when I was 13, but a very similar look. And I grabbed this guy, this guy next to me, and I was like, who is that? What is that? How can I do that? You know, and he was like, um, who ran your old coven? And I said, well, we had, uh, it was a really large coven. We had like 120 to 150 members. Uh, and we were run by 13 high priests and priestesses. He's like, all right. He goes, well, a lot of people achieve that they want to be the high wizard I mean, the, the, the high priest or the high priestess, because they incorrectly assume that's the highest position there is. I'm like, that is the top position in my coven. That was it. And they're like, okay, that here we're run by a CEO and a board of directors. And then if you're a high priest or a high priestess, you pretty much got no power because you could have appointed yourself to be that. You know, you could have come into this coven and claim I was the high priest for 20 years. And you could have been the high priest in your own coven of one. You could have been the only member. You know, and that makes you the high priest automatically. You know, and because of that, you got no power. Um, in the World Church of Satan, the high priest, the high, the person that does the official magic of the coven is the high wizard. Um, 
it's the top magic practitioner. The top position is the high wizard, but the person above that is the CEO and the board of directors. As being the high wizard, you that's as high as you can go. You can never be the CEO. You'll never be on the board of directors. So it's kind of an illusion that you're in charge because you're not. <laughs> you're not the guy in charge. The, the, you've got a boss. All right. And, and hey, Zach, I want you to hold that thought right there. We're going to take a break. We'll be coming right back. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Zach, where you left off, okay, so you're being lured into wanting to be a high wizard. What happens? Well, and, and I want to I wanna make sure that your listeners understand that I have to tell you how horrible my life was so you understand what I was rescued from and how glorious my conversion was. Um, so I'm wanting to be the high wizard. I don't know how to do this. I, don't, I have no idea how to attain, how to attain this. And the guy that I'm talking to doesn't know either. So I stay with this coven for a while. Um, you know, I'm getting introduced to all the magic they do, and their magic is a little different. I mean, they're on a, it's on a grander scale than my original coven. And this coven is gigantic. It's like there's thousands of members locally, but I can travel to pretty much any city, any major city, and this coven exists. And, and, you know, I'm I'm getting the inside scoop. I feel like I'm like an insider. I feel like I'm like like part of the inner circle, and and they make you feel important. And then I get this this letter in the mail that says that I'm expected before the CEO and board of directors. And every time that I've ever heard that I have to that somebody has to do that, it's a bad thing. You know, this is a, a very negative event. This isn't something you want to go to. This is not an honor or anything. And, um, but I go ahead and I go because I have to. And I go in and I meet the CEO and the board of directors. And they tell me that I've been chosen. You, you, by the way, you're handpicked by Satan. That's how you get to be the high wizard. Now, are, are, you, are you scared? At this point, taught you I mean because you hear you grew up in the Baptist church, you're hearing the word Satan and all this, but you're comfortable been, at this point, right? I've been a Satanist, I feel like I've been a Satanist since I was 12. Okay, I started doing magic when I was 10 years old, mm -hmm. uh, you know, realized magic was real. The devil does not scare me, I'm not. I'm not worried, but yet you know, demons to me are my friends. They help me. Okay. 
All right. I keep safe from these petty Christians that are trying to thwart my plans. Right. So, you know, this is not a not a problem. Um, I hear that I'm going to be the next high wizard. I don't have to say yes. They give me this very hokey high wizard handbook that tells me no one can tell me what to do. I can do anything I want to do. Everybody has to say yes to me. I can say no to anybody I want to. Um, there's a look for the high wizard. If you've ever seen, there's a, a rock star named Pink, and she has uh, a song called Like a Pill. And in that video, you see a guy that's wearing a tuxedo, a top hat, a wand, and face paint, corpse paint on his face. That's the high wizard. You see the high wizard four times. All right, so uh, in that video, Okay, got it. So Pink's the hot thing out today. So we got American families, and they're jamming to Pink songs. We're letting our kids watch videos, and she's glorifying the satanic I, worship. Okay, right. She's glorifying the High Wizard. Mm. So, um, so, and this is like I said, it's the the third top position in a satanic coven in the World Church of Satan. So, you know, I've I'm shown the looks. Like, there's multiple looks, and they're up on a wall, and I can choose whatever I want. I can customize my look to be whatever I want. And you have a, a makeup artist that travels a lot with you and that helps you attain your look. Um, you know, you feel like you're all-powerful. I mean, you're given this book that says you get to travel. Now, I got to tell you that... I worked with the Illuminati for 12 years. I was the high wizard for 12 years and from 1987 to 1999. And, you know, at first you get to travel. Eventually you have to travel. Originally I got to do magic. Now I have to do magic. I used to get to travel and party with rock stars. Now I have to party with rock stars. I used to meet with kings and queens, princes rock stars, actors, um, political figures, presidents. And, you know, when you're first doing it, it's awesome. You know, I got to go to Bohemian Grove my first year and find out that's a real place. It's like, um, you know, legitimate. You know, there is a cremation of care uh, ceremony and you're the high wizard. You're going to be part of it. You know, I, I've met, um, you know, a lot of famous people there. I've met past uh, presidents, you know, and things there. And, um, you know, I was told, the Illuminati told me that every president, with the exception of one, had been put into office by the Illuminati. Okay. And, and of course, I'm just wondering which president you met at Bohemian Grove. I can only guess. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, but keep on. <laughs> 1987, I met Ronald Reagan. Uh, 1992, I met uh, Bill Clinton. 1994, I met Barack Obama. Um, so, well, I didn't actually meet Barack Obama. He walked past me, and I was told he was going to be president one day. Um, so, and, and I met tons of political people there, but you're the high wizard, you are the most important person in the world. So you've got ego wrapped in arrogance and nobody is more important than you. And uh, 
I will tell you that Ronald Reagan was the most uncomfortable person I've ever seen at any event. He, he did well, not. Okay, you, you, I feel like you're baiting me into asking this. What was Ronald Reagan doing at Bohemian Grove? So your was, accusation is he was there. So what was he doing there? Uh, every president gets invited. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that. Okay. If you um, if you go on YouTube, you can find a video of a, it's an audio of uh, President Nixon talking about Bohemian Grove, and he didn't like it. And I think he said he would not go back. Okay. But but you do have audio confirmation that he was there. Got it. Uh, okay. So I'm I'm getting to travel the world and do all these things, which I think at first is awesome. But what I compare it to is, let's say you are the manager of a candy store, not like uh, one in the mall, but I mean like a freestanding building, this giant building, and you're the manager. And on your first day, you're thinking, how long is it going to take me to try every piece of candy in this store? Now, not the licorice, because nobody wants to try that, you know, and we'll say that that's every sin that exists. And then there's the licorice would be the sins that you're never going to do. Those sins are disgusting. Well, it takes you six months to try all the sins you wanted to try. And it takes you a year to try all the sins because eventually you get bored of doing your favorite sins and you want to reach out, branch out and try something different. Mm -hmm. After a while, you realize how come the boss you worship can't create a new sin. I mean, like a new candy bar comes out, you see a new wrapper and you're all excited and you tear it open. And it's the same old candy as it always is, just a new wrapper. Crack cocaine comes out and you're excited, you're gonna try this new drug. And you try it and you realize, oh wait, it's still cocaine. It's nothing new. You know, after three years, this job is kind of boring. You have to travel everywhere, you have to do stuff. You know, it's like it's not as exciting as it used to be. You know, after five years, the tiles on the wall that used to be bright and shiny and new are now kind of dull. Those lights that used to hang from the ceiling and like red lights shone on red wrappers and blue lights on blue wrappers and it was new and exciting, now those lights kind of make you nauseous. You know, you dump your girlfriend because she smells like the candy store and you get a new girlfriend and she smells like the candy store. Um, Carabas is my favorite restaurant to get a steak. Filet Brian is my favorite steak. But now when I go, it tastes like the candy store. Right. So as the years go by, you're just, it's getting, uh, it's not near as titillating as it had been in the beginning. So at what age are you now? I'm, um, I'm in my thirties. You're in your thirties. Okay. And, and because I want to get to the salvation part. Okay. Cause I'm going to encourage people to read your book cause I'm, uh, which I have not even read yet, but if it's anything like the interviews, I mean, you do get into the details and, and so people can understand the depth and breadth, but what's even better is, and we're going to have to cut, you know, a lot of, you know, your story. I, I want to get to the salvation part. You, you, how in the world do you find Jesus Christ and the Catholic <laughs> church? Well, they actually found me. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I was, um, I had grown very dissatisfied with my job. And I wanted to escape, but I remembered that I sold my soul when I was 13. And, you know, my ways of getting out, my ways of no longer being a high wizard, because once you're the high wizard, it's for life. 
you know, I can commit suicide, I can be murdered, or I can die of natural causes. And all three of those land me in hell. These are not things I want to do. So I drive into Burlington, Vermont. And uh, I'm like homeless there initially. And then I get a job my first day in town. And I end up getting um, a few jobs there. And eventually, I'm the manager of a store called Piercing Pagoda. And one day, this woman comes up to the store and she's shopping with her daughter. And uh, she comes back about three hours later to make a purchase. She buys a pair of earrings. And at the end of the transaction, I hand her a receipt. And I say, hey, you know, we've got a promotion right now. If you call the 800 number on the receipt and take a survey, you might win $1,000. And she's like, oh, that's great. I've got something for you, too. And she reaches in her purse. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, no. She's going to pull out a Jack Chick pamphlet and tell me I'm sinning and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, don't have the option of turning to God and all that. But I'm not going to tell her because they'll just evangelize even harder if you say you're a Satanist. So, you know, just say I'm going to read the pamphlet or whatever and I'll throw it in the trash. Instead, she pulls out this little gold disc. I have no idea what this is. It's a blessed, miraculous metal, but I don't know that at the time. And I, I wouldn't have known if she, if she had said what it was. That wouldn't have made any sense to me because I grew up Baptist and we don't have these kind of things. And then she says the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, you have to remember that I partied with rock stars. It, you give somebody that can write poetry and songs unlimited booze and drugs. And they can say the craziest stuff. This woman said something crazier than that. She said, the Blessed Mother is calling you into her army. And I thought, Blessed Mother. I mean, you have no clue that she's talking about Mary. M Mother. No. Okay. And uh -huh. Isis, Gaia, Aphrodite, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then she says it's very powerful. Well, Christians don't bless anything. You know, I grew up Baptist. We didn't bless anything. So, you know, obviously this woman represents some female deity cult. So, you know, I'm not really interested. I just tune her out. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, honestly, I'm thinking, how do these people find me? Like, I must have like this sign above me that only crazy people can see that says, crazy people come here. And an arrow pointing down to me. <laughs> and then I tune her back in because now she's telling me again that it's very powerful. And I'm like, mm -hmm, no, 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 no. I used to be the high wizard. You can't tell me that something is powerful. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to take it in my hand and tell her that it's worthless. I'm going to toss it on the floor, slam it on the counter. Tell her this has got no power, no mystique, nothing special to this. There's nothing to this. And I don't care if she's insulted. I don't care if she wants to return the jewelry and get her money back. I don't care. You know, it's like, you, you're insulting me. You're challenging the high wizard about something. But I stick my hand out. She's all excited because, you know, I, I'm offering to take it. And she drops it in my hand and I clench my fist around it because I'm going to tell her that it's worthless. Except that when I clench my fist around it, my store and my mall completely disappear. They're gone. And I'm standing in a darkened void. And it's me and this woman that gave me the miraculous medal and she tells me about the magic spell I did the night before that no one knows I did. And she tells me that's of the devil. And she says, you've split over 100 churches, and that's of the devil. 
and you've committed over 100 abortions, and that's of the devil. And so this lady standing in piercing pagoda with your hand wrapped around uh, the uh, miraculous medal of Mary, she's telling you what you did. Right, except piercing pagoda is gone. Mm-hmm. There's piercing pagoda. There's no mall. Right. My mall is gigantic. It's not there. And she is telling me about 10 other sins that I've done and everything ends with, and that's of the devil. Mm-hmm. And I am <laughs> the high wizard that used to be really arrogant is now scared to death because this woman knows everything about me. I don't know this woman. I've never seen this woman. She came up three hours prior and said, I'll be back when I'm done shopping with my daughter. You know, how did she learn about me in three hours? Right. No in my town people know me they don't know that side of me they don't know I was a Satanist I've been a Satanist for 26 years they didn't know that they didn't know that I'd been the high wizard for 12 years they didn't know that I did the magic of the world for the satanic coven this woman knows everything about me and then she says again the blessed mother is calling you into her army and I knew instantly that was the mother of God. Remember that I was Baptist. We would never say mother of God. And when I knew it was the mother of God, Mary showed up. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people listening that, you know, it's like, wait a minute, how is Mary the mother of God? Because not every listener is Catholic. And so you might want to explain the connection. You know, Mary, mother of Jesus. If Jesus is God, Mary is mother of God. It's like connect the dots. Right, right. And it's it's simple logic, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so okay, we are running out of time, but I want to get to your conversion. But get us through that real quick, Zachary, because I think that's so important. So Mary shows up. She smiles at me, a smile I know I do not deserve. She takes me by the hand, the hand that has the metal in it, She turns me around, Divine Mercy Jesus is standing behind me. In that moment, I knew I had not sold my soul to the devil. I knew that Jesus Christ was my Lord and Savior. I knew all my magic, my occult, my Satanism, and my New Age stuff was all crap. And I knew everything Catholic was truth. The Blessed Mother told me my job was to help her end abortion. I opened my hand, I'm back in my store, back in my mall. This woman tells me where she goes to Mass, and I start going to Mass the very next day. I start going to daily Mass. Um, I ended up, I came into the church in May of 2008. That incident happened in January of 2008, and that was in South Burlington, Vermont. I officially entered the church in May of 2008, Um, you know, and I worked with St. Raphael Healing Oil Ministry for the first year and a half. And then I formed my own group called uh, All Saints Catholic Ministry. And I have been doing this since 2010. Um, You know, I have tons of videos on YouTube connected to my website. It's allsaintsministry.org. I have a lot of CDs and DVDs and a book. I have a CD and a book called Abortion is a Satanic Sacrifice. My ministry is endorsed by Father Frank Pavone. Quite interesting, Zach, to hear you talk about how abortion is a satanic sacrifice. They required that of you. They required that of you. 
and uh, but Jesus Christ has washed you clean and I pray that your ministry goes far and wide and speak the truth with boldness and help awaken Americans I mean my gosh we really need to awaken Christians in America that Satan is real and that these things are demonic and that abortion is not a choice that abortion is, is, is a satanic sacrifice, and you're providing the evidence uh, for just that. So I encourage everybody to go to Zach's website. Tell everybody once again what it is, Zach. It's allsaintsministry.org. There we go. All right, Zach, I'll probably have you back on. Thank you for the interview today, and I Thank hope you sell thousands of copies of books. Thank you.